Okay, you're done. Your favorite lunchtime listen podcast. I'm JR. It is episode 20, everyone. I mean, 20 episodes. I mean, guys, if you think about it, that's 20 weeks. Because when I say 20 episodes, it's like, ah, like that's not a lot. But 20 weeks, that's like, you know, that's that's months. So a lot of time of inviting us into your homes or into your cars or into your cubicle. A lot of lunches. Yeah. A lot of lunches. And well, we are so happy to have been there. <laughs> we decided we want to do something a little special because, you know, it's the big 2-0. Uh, so we thought we would interview each other a little bit this week. Because, you know, maybe you're listening to this podcast because you and I are buds and you love listening to Allie correct me. And you're just like, who is this brilliant person with whom I feel so much affinity when she tells JR he's wrong? Uh, you need to know that, right? Or or maybe maybe you are like some of Ali's friends who are unsure what my age is. Is that correct? Yeah, maybe you're some of my friends and you're like, hey, I listen to your podcast. Who's that guy, JR? And uh, how do you know a 30-year-old man? Um, <laughs> oh, that's adorable that they only think I'm 30. Uh, well, they only get to listen to your voice. I'm glad that I, I sound young. I think that your voice passes as a 30-year-old. I guess, you know, technically, because I've been in public life long enough, I could go back and, and check that. I could play some recordings from when I was 30 and see, do I sound different? That's true, actually. Never thought about that. Very interesting. I know I, I sound different from like five or six years ago. So. You're going to say from 30 years ago. <laughs> Yep, I do indeed sound well, different look, from 30 years ago. So I was 30 12 years ago. 12 years ago, you were? Uh, eight. Eight. So yeah, you sound different from when you were eight, probably, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, you didn't even know me when I was eight, but mm -hmm. I do sound different. Was the first time we met in 2015, or were you the one that was gone then? I mean, if someone was gone, it was almost it was certainly me. Yeah, you... I think you and Krista were both gone. So I met, I met your sisters. I think was I how met, it went. The I'm trying to, I think the first time I met you in person was when you came here at Halloween to my house. At Halloween? Yeah, we went to the pumpkin farm. Oh, that one. Yeah. That was the first time we met in person. Yeah. So do you, do you remember what occasion that was? uh no was it, it was your my birthday 40th birthday wow how about that <laughs> was that yeah, when you so gave that... me ballet lessons too yes okay those yeah. are hilarious <laughs> we have pictures of it we got to accompany ali on her foot was it it was a photo shoot for was it like oh, it was my photo? senior year yeah, yeah okay, that was yeah. when i graduated high school yeah yeah and so she was posing as a beautiful ballerina, and I decided, how hard can that be, right? Because I am filled with an abundance of confidence. And, uh, well, you know, we'll maybe post some of the pics on our gram, and you can see exactly how easy it is. <laughs> we will absolutely post pictures. They're so funny, and the best part is, like, at, JR posted a picture of us one time for my birthday, so every year on my birthday, it, like, rolls itself back up as a Facebook memory, and I get to laugh. 
Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm a pretty good dancer, I think is the takeaway. So <laughs> absolutely. Uh, well, to start off this interview today. So here's what we're going to do. Actually, first, I'm going to interview you. I'm going to okay. ask you a bunch of hard hitting questions. Now you can take as much time or as little time as you want. Um, you know, don't worry about time. We'll do as many or as little questions as uh, seems fit. Uh, but my first question for you is just like, do you listen to celebrity interviews? And if so, what is your favorite, you know, late night hot wings wired? Uh, yeah. So my favorite is by far hot ones for sure. Like uh, the, yeah, that's just such a clever interview style. And I think the host Sean Evans is, is a gifted interviewer. Uh, I, he does such a good job of making his guests feel at ease, no matter who they are, no matter what level of celebrity they have. And the questions that he asks, I think, are great, great interview questions. Other than that, I don't tend to seek them out. We will watch the Wired Autocomplete interviews a lot of the times. We think those are pretty funny. Um, but uh, other than that, it's just if I see someone on like Colbert that looks like an interesting interview Colbert and the daily show are the two that I will like routinely trust to be interesting conversations and usually go beyond just like fluff, you know? So, uh, yeah. Very interesting. I really like hot ones too. I also like, like podcasts, like actors on actors. It was just chatting. All right. What's your spice tolerance? You know, I, I would say it's pretty high, especially because I live in Texas. So like, in Texas, it's medium, but outside of Texas, it's very high. People come down here okay. and they say, they just like, I, let me say it this way. Let me back up. <clears throat> I am not allowed to give people guidance in my household when they ask, hey, is that spicy? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People say, people say you, it, his answer will mean nothing to a regular person. Okay. But I'm not, I'm not one of those people that has like uh, 50 bottles of scorpion habanero sauce and just like drinks it for fun. Like that is deeply unpleasant to me. Okay. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Kansas city, Missouri in a suburb called Lee. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Doesn't seem like a place people would have a high spice tolerance in. It's not. It's not All known right. for that anyway. Yeah. If you had to repaint your office, what color would you pick? You know, um, I actually got to when I was when I was working at the church in Ohio, uh, they asked me what color I wanted my office. And I said, I don't know, blue. And they said, well, what kind of blue do you want an accent wall? Do you want this? Do you want? And they were just kind of asking me all these questions. And I, I looked at the guy who was in charge of painting and I was like, can I be honest, man? Like, I'm bad at that. Like, I'm bad at design. And you seem like you have a vision. Is there like a weird thing you've always wanted to do that no one would let you do? And his eyes kind of started bugging out. I was like, do it. Like, go ahead, have fun. And so he did um, like a like a a soft, like kind of uh, almost like a like a like a deep blue on the on the walls, but then painted the uh, bottom of the wall gray and did a chair rail and then and did, did like did a black chair rail. And it looked amazing. And every time someone came, came, I think he did an accent wall too. But every time people came into my office, they were like, oh my gosh, your office is gorgeous. And I was like, thanks. I literally had nothing to do with it. I just let the guy, you know, who had a vision do it. So 
I would, I mean, but it was, it was like a really good space for me to work. And I, I liked it a lot. So I'd probably go back to that. That's really cool. I was really scared when you said blue. I was like, I feel like that's a bad wall of color, but sounds like it worked out. Uh, what was your childhood dream job? Astronaut and theoretical physicist because I wanted to study time travel. Super cool. When did theoretical physicist die out as a dream? When I decided to be a pastor. Okay, interesting. Yeah. That was, and when that was literally... When was that? So literally, when I was a junior in high school, my mom took me to the University of Kansas on a campus visit, uh, and I, I talked to someone about their theoretical physics degree in their physics department, and that was the first time she was like, oh, this is a real job you could actually do. And I was like, yeah, mom, ugh. <laughs> but wow. by the end of that year, I had applied to the Christian university where I went to become a minister, so. Okay. So yeah. you were like taking the AP classes, right? Oh, like yeah. yeah, I took AP physics. I didn't have to take physics in college. Or I didn't have to take any sciences in college because of that. That's interesting. But like if you loved it, like you didn't keep taking classes in college, like just as a hobby. No, um, I I used all of my electives to do things that would be um helpful towards my degree so I did like sociology courses psychology courses counseling courses biblical language courses philosophy courses a okay. whole bunch of stuff okay. that was not required for my degree but really rounded me out in some interesting ways none of them really cool. adjacent to time travel though I feel like you that was a missed opportunity on the time travel front you know but... I'm hoping I'm hoping that I get a visit from a multiverse self who went down that other path and is like, hey, good news. We figured out multiverse travel. And then another guy pops up and and he's only 30. And he's like, I figured out time travel and I host a cool podcast. Theoretical <laughs> physicist JR sounds amazing. <laughs> uh, and I've good news for you. The community colleges are open. So go take those physics classes. There we go. Yep. <laughs> uh, what was your first tattoo? I have a tattoo on my forearm, on my left forearm that is in Hebrew. And it says the glory of the Lord is a consuming fire. It's an adaptation of a verse from Exodus 18 that describes the appearance of God's physical presence on the top of Mount Sinai. So I got that. It was going to be my only tattoo. So I didn't want to be one of those people that's just covered in tattoos. And then while I was under the gun, I was like, well. <laughs> was it like, so, so you're one of those people who got words as your first tattoo. Yeah, but they were in Hebrew. I Does that make it better? I still wouldn't do it if I could go back. That's true. Okay. Um, could you like read the Hebrew? Like, was this at a mm -hmm. time when like, okay. Yeah, that, that was my rule. Good. So I have Greek on my other arm. That was my second tattoo. And both of them, I only got them once I could read them. I have Latin on my back. Same thing. Like, I only got them once I could do the translations. Yeah. Okay. And was it like one of those things where you're like, oh like it's okay to get a tattoo because this is a god tattoo or was it just like this is what i really want it was this is what i really want yeah i i didn't have any um hang-ups about tattoos being bad uh m once i got it i found out most of the other people at my conservative christian college did and mine was on my forearm so again that's pretty rare for people to get their first tattoo in the uh what tattooers call the always see them club uh so, uh, yeah, people were like, we already thought he was the devil, but now he's definitely the devil. Yeah, so. yeah you had your devil credentials. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, it only got what worse. Was your, 
what was your most recent tattoo? Uh, I have on my thigh uh, a picture or a, a tattoo of Samara from The Ring crawling out of the TV. It's going to be a whole pant of horror themed tattoos. So she's super scary. That's so cool. Um. Okay. Are you a Costco member? I'm not. What? Nope. Okay, that's I everyone really needed to know. That was a burning question. Huh, okay. Uh, you get to meet the Dr. Pepper creator. What one question do you ask? What's the what's the 24th flavor that almost made it in? Oh, okay. I only know about that 24th flavor because after I met you for the first time and discovered your like supernatural love of Dr. Pepper. I went on like a documentary ra- documentary <laughs> rampage. I was like, what is it about Dr. Pepper? And I literally uh, watched so many YouTube docs on it. Do you want to hear a funny story? Yep. So my very, very good friend Tom First, um, who is part of my trinity of best friends along with your dad. Uh, when before he and I were friends, when we were on our way to becoming friends, he and I and his mentor professor from college took a road trip from Columbia, Missouri to Waco, Texas for a conference at Baylor University. So he barely knows me. And the professor like literally just met me when we got in the car. They both think I'm a weirdo because let's be honest, I am. Uh, we get to Waco. Guess what's in Waco, Allie? You probably know this from your deep dive. The Dr. Pepper Museum. Uh, And so I asked them, I'm like, do you guys want to do this? And they're like, what? Like, why, why would we want to do this? (laughs) But they decided to come because what else are you going to do in Waco? So I walk up to the counter and I plop my like two bucks down or whatever it is to get in there. And I said, hi, I'm from Missouri and Dr. Pepper is my favorite drink in the world. And so this is like my Mecca. And the lady goes, it's a dollar 50 if you're a student. She's like, I do not care, <laughs> sir. Why are you telling me all of this information? Wow. Um, yeah, so that's one of two times I've been to the Dr. Pepper Museum. And it's it's really interesting because, it, I mean, it obviously is about Dr. Pepper, but it's also just sort of about the history of soda pop and like where it came from and how it became popular and how the industry developed and all of that. So it, it's, as a history nerd, it, I found it super fascinating, so... Love. Have you ever owned a motorcycle? I currently own a motorcycle. Really? Do you ride it? I do. I love it. What do you wear? Do you wear like a, a leather jacket? When it's cold, I do. Um, but like, like uh, today, when it's you know in the nineties and sunny, I would wear uh, like linen pants and a t-shirt and my helmet. Of okay. course, always a helmet. Good. Yeah. Drive the, safe. The best piece of advice I ever got was when I was taking my motorcycle class to get my license. And the the instructor said, every time you put your helmet on, pretend it, pretend it turns you invisible. Yep. So, yep. So drive. I, that's so true. Drive. Do, never assume. Never assume anyone sees you. Even if they look at you and make eye contact and do a nod, don't assume that they remember you're there. And it's it, it has saved my bacon a number of times. Um, yeah. So anyone out there thinking about a motorcycle, that's the best advice I ever got. Every time, every time you put your helmet on, just be like invisibility mode activated and you'll drive safer you know how to sew 
Uh, I know the theory of sewing. I have sewed a couple of things in my life. You would not want me to be the go-to person to patch or fix a hole. Okay, so a button falls off of your nice suit jacket. Ooh, do you no. try to sew it back in? No, my wife is much better at that sort of thing, and I would ask her to do it, and she would. Uh, I was going to say begrudgingly, but she's she would it would not be begrudging. She would happily do that for me, and I would be very grateful. Again, I I have done it, but it always looks real like noticeable. <laughs> someone's like, oh, someone sewed that button back on. <laughs> oh no, uh, bubbly water or plain water? Soda does not count as bubbly water. Oh, of course, yeah. Uh, so when I went to Germany after I graduated from high school, I asked for tap water. Or no, sorry. I went into the kitchen, got a glass out of the cabinet, filled it with water from the tap, took a big drink of it, set the cup down near the sink, turned around, and the whole family was looking at me like I just murdered their dog. And I was like, what? And they were like, did you just drink water from the tap? And I was like, oh, like, I'm sorry. Should Was that bad? And, and my host brother goes, no, it's it's just so boring. That said, I did not like bubbly water for a long time. And I would say in the last like two years, I have really taken to it to the point that now it's I drink it nearly exclusively. And I live in okay. Texas, so we get Topo Chico, which is the best bubbly water. I also really enjoy Liquid Death, which comes in cans and it looks like some kind of malt beverage. So uh, it's not, it's just water. It's bubbly water. They also have, they actually also have cans of just still water, but I drink the bubbly and uh, it's funny because I'll like t- I, because it's a can and not a bottle. Uh, Topo Chico's in glass bottles. I can just like you know toss it in my backpack or toss it in my saddlebags when I'm going to like a city council meeting or something like that. And so, like one time I was at I was at a at city our our city hall waiting for our council meeting to start. I was just sipping on my liquid death and I was sitting across the table from a police officer. We were just kind of chit chatting. Finally, at one point he's like, uh, "Hey, what what are you drinking?" And I was like, "It's water." And he was just like, "Oh," <laughs> I was like why he's like I, I thought it was like some kind of beer or something i showed him the candy he's like, i was like no it's just water he's like, no sorry he said it he said he thought it was an energy drink he's like i've seen that around a lot i just assumed it was like a monster or something like that and so we then we kind of chit-chatted about the branding of it and how it's you know it's just water and you know whatever and he kind of laughed but yeah i i have been drinking it long enough that i forget how it looks and so like i'll get side-eyed in public or like in a coffee shop or something when i'm drinking it people will still be like what is that what is he it's 9 a.m what is he doing <laughs> well as a as a barista let me assure you that people do drink extra large energy drinks at 9 a.m yeah no 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 there is there is no time that that's not a drink um okay and for my last hard-hitting journalism question have you ever used a stick of chapstick until it was gone? I might be able to count on one hand the number of times I've used chapstick in my life. What? Yeah. So oh, no, is the no. answer to that question. You must have dry, <laughs> crackly lips. I don't. They're pretty. They're pretty good. That's what the mustache is for. Keeps them well hydrated. Ew. <laughs> I knew that would get you. I don't actually think it does anything, but <laughs> okay uh no i mean when my lips are dry i'll put chapstick on my wife has an endless font of chapstick so this would actually be a good question for one amanda forresteros amanda we know you're listening let us know please amanda send me a dm <laughs> does jr need to use chapstick oh yeah i'll be, be honest with me yeah i'll be happy to buy you one ali's gonna ali's gonna break that news on a future episode 
I'll be back. All right, Allie, it's your turn in the hot seat. Um, so yeah, let's let's start out there. You said you love hot ones. Uh what what uh what others do you enjoy? I'm just a huge fan of like actors or other celebrities like going on podcasts and having to talk about their creative process for like an hour straight. Um, so like right now I've been really into like Colin and Samir on YouTube. Um, and they basically get creators in and then just interview them about their process and go really deep in on that. And I just love that. But I also love the kind of actually you you were like, I don't want to see the fluff stuff. I think the fluff stuff is great. I'm like, oh, Tom Holland spends 10 minutes with dogs. Sure, I guess I'll watch it. I think that's what I love about Hot Ones is it's fluff stuff, but it's also like creative fluff stuff. And again, I think that's because of Sean Evans. Like the questions he asks are not your typical easy fluff stuff questions. Like I don't mind, I, I don't need everything to be a political diatribe on how to fix stuff. Like, you know, but I, I so I just, I think, I think what matters to me is the interview, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so now you, you grew up in the one and only Portland, Oregon, right? That's right. So it's known as one of the food uh, centers, the culinary centers of our world, of at least of our country. Uh, what What is your favorite cuisine? Mexican food, and it's not even a competition. Really? I love burritos. I love them. I love tacos. I love burrito bowl, enchilada, whatever, pozole, sure. Whatever it is, big fan. And I also love when I lived in California, like rolling up to my little taqueria and get like, you know, knowing the little like abuelitas who ran the stand and like getting my food and seeing how everyone is. I love the whole experience, but also Thai food. Okay. Love it. Yeah. Very good. I have several places I need to take you when you come visit Dallas. Um, Absolutely. Or as some of my friends call it, occupied Mexico. So yeah. just, just yes. throwing that out there. Um, so you have a tattoo, right? That you've recently gotten. I do. Is there a tattoo that you have dreamed about or thought about? That even, even if you're like, okay, yeah, I would never actually get that. But like something, like what's the craziest idea you've had for yourself? Uh, you know, I... Can't like I this is so boring. I don't know if I've had a lot of crazy ideas. Like I think I've had one tattoo idea. And like that was the tattoo I got. And you got okay, yeah. Um so you're not addicted. I don't know. I like I I'm open to getting more tattoos in the future. Um I will say I can't get colored tattoos because uh I have a shellfish allergy and there's a chemical component that is in colored inks that people who are allergic to shellfish also tend to be allergic to um so not i don't want to like try that out uh but i mean black and white tattoos are incredible as well um but yeah so i have a uh like a plum blossoms on my ankle they're very pretty uh actually you know what i love watercolor tattoos too which i know that they don't age well at all uh like it so I would never consider getting that and also they're colored but I think when they're freshly inked they're so beautiful and like fine line tattoos too 
But whenever I see like an old fine line, I'm like, oh, that does not look good anymore. No, it's unfortunate how our skin changes and ages. It's, uh, yeah. So uh, what is what is a pet peeve that you have that people would be surprised to know? I don't, <laughs> I don't like the way that like, if you have raw spinach in a salad and it doesn't have dressing on it, I don't like the way it sounds if you stab your fork through spinaches <laughs> at once. It like really, really annoys me. Like I don't want to sit next to you if you're eating a spinach salad that doesn't have enough dressing on it. <laughs> that's amazing. That's a, that's such a such a, such a specific <laughs> answer. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um. <laughs> So I've got to recover from that one. Okay. Um, well, and you know what? This is why we can be great friends because word on the street is you don't eat very many vegetables. So I never have to be afraid of raw spinach sounds from you. You do though. I will eat raw spinach in a salad for sure. No, don't yeah. do it. It's, see, this, do there, it. there are all of these rumors that get started about me because I have a strong opinion and people don't understand how specific my opinions are. Uh, so it's like people are like, oh, JR doesn't like musicals. I'm like, that's not that's not it. I didn't like love. I think that's true. I think not that's true. true. Okay, well, there you go. See, <laughs> case in point. Uh, I, have, I have very strong feelings about certain vegetables, but not all vegetables. So anyway. So uh, raw spinach made the cut. Yeah, I don't mind raw spinach. I don't mind cooked oh. spinach either. I grew up watching Popeye, so. I actually don't like cooked spinach very much either. So, I mean, it's not like my favorite, but I've I've actually cultivated a couple of dishes that taste great with raw spinach or with cooked spinach in them. So, whatever. Okay, I believe uh, yeah, that. Yeah, this is fine. Um, do you have a like a dream car? No, I like. I just want a car that gets really good gas mileage. That's okay. the dream. Like yeah. an electric car. No, wait. It's a car that doesn't exist. Okay. So it's a big old truck. Because I think trucks are hilarious. When I drive them, I feel like I'm a king on the road because I'm so tall. All right. But it's electric. So it gets really, 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 really good mileage. Just shockingly good mileage. It costs like $50 a month. That's yeah. great. Um, and and I'm assuming it still has all of the the power that a truck has. So if you need to, yeah, absolutely. Because that's the big problem, right? Is they they can't really get the electric cars to have the same amount of of towing power. Yeah. Uh, so you again, I think a lot of folks probably already know this, but you are a dancer. Uh, what is the? Do you have a particular dance that has been your favorite that you have performed, and and why would that be? Uh, um. I think there's been a lot of dances that I've loved and felt that the dance have been like very close to my heart. Um, I recently performed in Rite of Spring with Sailor Dance Collective, uh, and that was just a really beautiful show to be a part of. I think that the community was just really amazing, and it's always uh, that particular rite of spring was set on me. So I was like the original cast member for my position. Um, and that's always so much fun uh, getting to create with a choreographer uh, and help them figure out what their dreams are. So I think that's probably one of my favorite shows that I've been in. Can you explain for someone who uh, 
maybe doesn't know much about dance, what set on you means? Like, like just walk us through what that means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, a lot of dances that ballet companies and modern companies perform uh, is called repertoire. Um, and basically just what that means is the company essentially, like, keeps that uh, particular performance as its own, like it's theirs, and they re redo it every year. So okay. they say, we have this version of the Nutcracker that so-and-so choreographed, and we set it or uh, have new dancers learn what uh, older dancers did, like learn from a video. So we'll set it and make it new. Uh, so what it means if you get created on, it's a completely new thing. Uh, like no one else has ever done it before. So then a couple years from now, someone else might uh, learn my position and that uh, choreography would be set on them. That's really cool. Yeah. Really, really yeah. cool. Uh, have you ever choreographed? Yeah, uh, I'm a big choreographer. I think the first thing I ever choreographed was when I was like 11 uh, or actually maybe younger. 11 is so maybe like nine. And it was to keep breathing by Ingrid Michaelson. <laughs> Just so funny. It was very deep and emotional, uh, as you do when you're nine. Uh, but yeah, but since then I've choreographed a lot, set on a lot of students, uh, a lot of different uh dancers, submitted to festivals, the whole thing. That's really cool. Uh, what is the difference between choreographing? and then dancing as an individual dancer. When you dance as a dancer, it's your job to understand the choreographer's vision um, and bring it to life. There's still a lot of choices that you can make to make something your own, but it's all in service of someone else's movement or idea, which is a really beautiful thing to do uh, to help someone else's dream come true. Uh, or just to uh, discover different movement styles and how that feels on your own body um, is really fun. When you choreograph, you're not in it, right? You're telling, you're teaching about dance moves, but you're not actually in it. Um, and it's an expression of everything that like your body knows, Uh because you can't make a move that you can't imagine. Uh, and it's also an expression of, like, feelings and uh, concepts and just how you're feeling that day and how you see your dancers reacting to your movement. Uh, whatever you tell your dancers to do, they're always going to do something a little different uh, because movement ideas don't communicate perfectly ever. But that's the most fun part, is seeing different interpretations. Uh, when Amanda and I lived in Ohio, we were we, we worked near Wright State University, which is a, a big dance college. And so we knew a ton of dancers. And I was always, like, we would go to a lot of their performances. And I just felt, I, I felt like an uncultured swine. Because I was like, this, this is pretty. They look, you know. But I was like, I didn't have the... Uh, I didn't have the critical apparatus to appreciate like why they were doing this instead of that or why this, you know what I mean? Like, I just didn't, I didn't have enough of the, uh, uh, yeah, of the, of the training and the education to be able to really appreciate it at a level more than like, it was neat. 
you know, and so I just, I really love listening to you talk about the art of the dance and how it all comes together. Um, what is your favorite hot drink? Probably cappuccino, oat cap. Okay. Any flavoring? No. No, just straight. Okay. Yeah, if it's yeah, good yeah. coffee, it doesn't you know, need flavor. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, okay. Now you have pivoted, uh, not, not away from dance. Uh, obviously you still, you still dance. But you're, uh, you, you went hard into math. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see connections between those two fields? Yes. And I'm sorry to anyone who's heard me talk about this before. Skip 15 seconds. All it's right. It's going to be more than 15 uh, seconds, but that's fine. <laughs> what we're here for, um, For me, dance is all about creating, right? Um, and at the end of the day, that's really what math is, too. Uh, once you get into higher level math, it's all about, uh, saying, I think that something is true, right? So you have a conjecture and then trying to prove that it's true. Um, and actually maybe you know that something's true. Like maybe you're like, I know that the square root of two is irrational. That's a fact. Proving that is something entirely (laughs) different. You, which for that one, you absolutely can um, or even like one of the hardest proofs, why is one why does one plus one equal two? Uh the simpler you go in general, the harder it is to prove. Um and so we build up all of these tools in math to explain why things are true. It's a study of logic and a study of understanding how different pieces connect together. And that's what I love about dance. It's asking why things are true and expressing that physically in a dance and putting a bunch of different pieces together to create new things. Hmm. That's really cool. Uh, Do you have a favorite mathematician? Not yet. Um, I'm not quite there yet. I look up a lot to my professors at school. Um, There's a really cool mathematician, uh, kind of a celebrity mathematician. I can't remember his name. He runs a YouTube channel. I Oh, it's Grant. He runs a YouTube channel called Three Blue, One Brown, and it's uh, visual explanations of different proofs. So they're like an hour long. He wrote his own coding library, which is so cool. Um, and he's just a really incredible teacher. And I've learned a lot about how to think about things from the ways that he thinks about things. Is there, uh, okay, you have a magic wand. You can boop yourself on the head and you can instantly become proficient in one hobby. Okay, definitely piano. Interesting. Yeah. Good choice. Because that takes a lot of practice. So way way to skip the line there. Absolutely. Piano is so beautiful. I can play chords and a few little ditties but I am not good. Um, And I would love to have the time to become better at that. Nice. So interesting. Would you play at piano bars? Oh, uh, probably not. Um, It's more for myself. I just, I like playing music by myself um, and not so much the performing part. I just, it's like a personal little hobby. The second you're playing at piano bars, it has gone way past hobby 
and that's not what I want. <laughs> okay, yeah, maybe maybe that's outside the, the the realm of the question. Okay, last question: karaoke, yes or no? Sure, I What's don't see why not. You have go-to songs? Uh, no, I'll sing whatever someone else wants to, but I think "Let It Go" from Frozen is hilarious. Would you sing that solo? So you don't perform solo; you perform group numbers. Yeah, group numbers. Okay. Those are way better. Okay. Yeah. Nice. All right. All right. Well, I hope that those questions were illuminating. Um, <laughs> Dara, you're laughing at me saying illuminating, um, but I think it's a really I'm nice laughing word. at the way you said it. Illuminating. <laughs> yeah. Um, this has been episode 20. Uh, and we're we're out of time. This was a pretty long episode, so I hope you all enjoyed it. It might have been two uh, lunches. Two lunches. That's so true. Or as many people have told me, Ali, my lunch is an hour long. And I said, okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, all right, you're done. I'm done. We're done. We'll see you all next week. Oh, you don't mess up, everyone. Bye-bye.